Hello. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Why Theory. As always, I am one of your hosts, Ryan Angley. Todd, the other host, how are you? Hi, Ryan. I'm good. Excellent. Very good. Good to hear. Today, we're talking about two uh, fundamental terms in uh, psychoanalytic theory, um, but the fact that they're fundamental and uh, maybe in some ways uh, basic uh, grounding, it's hard to think of many ideas uh, without uh, a, 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 in, in psychoanalysis without some understanding of desire and drive, despite how basic they are, uh, very, very difficult and uh, to, to understand contested. And um, we're going to work through, starting from Freud, how to understand these ideas, um, how other uh, thinkers within psychoanalytic theory um, th- think of them, and try to suss out you know, where the fault lines are, the tension points, and, and, and where people uh, uh, diverge and say this for this reason or, or that for that reason. Uh, so um, anyway, Todd, we're, you're going to start us with the source, right? We're going to start with Yeah, with I, it's interesting just to what you said. I do think it might be difficult to find two psychoanalytic theorists agree on, on their definition of either desire or drive. I yeah. mean, maybe desire yeah. would be easier and drive more difficult. But I think what's interesting is that it's... So Freud has a clear, not all that clear, but at least a clearer <laughs> theory of drive than he does of desire, because mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. it's not, I think, totally evident that he has an an understanding of desire, except insofar as he associates it with, for one, the unconscious, and for two, with the pleasure principle. I mean, those are related because the yeah. pleasure principle is 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 what governs the unconscious, and and I do think that so for him, desire is. Getting rid of excess. If you if you think he has a theory of desire, it would be something like getting rid of the buildup of excitation, and then desire. Then pleasure is the that that release of excitation. So, sure. I um, think it's worth like, point. I think it's worth underlining that this already, it, like what you're saying, would is a contested idea. That it's, right. That, like we we have yeah. friends that would totally disagree with what yeah. I just said. Right? Yeah. So yeah. that's yeah. it's worth saying, and so hopefully they're not listening or that they. <laughs> They went out for a beer when when this part of the when podcast the, was going. And on. They'll come back and then they'll come back later. They'll be like, oh, I like the whole thing. But, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So so yeah. so so that would be, I think, Freud's theory of desire is this: my desire is a desire to eliminate excess excitation. And either mm-hmm. he has two different ways of formulating: like either get to a homeostatic point, which would be like a right. minimal level of excitation that I can I can deal with and mm-hmm. live with, or to return all the way to zero. Now, there are people who say, well, that's the difference between drive and desire right there, or a difference between pleasure principle and death drive, that death drive is the return to zero, mm-hmm. and pleasure principle is the get to the homeostatic. But I don't think that I don't think that's right, and I think right. there are other people that think the opposite, so maybe we should even shouldn't even broach that. But then the <laughs> and then but the theory of drive in Freud, so he has he has like three main points in his career where he talks about Drive, so th- the three essays on sexuality early. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then the instincts and their vicissitudes, which is, of course, poorly translated. Poorly. So it's yeah. Treba, which mm-hmm. is, would be, because instincts, of course, has this uh, naturalist connotation to it that mm-hmm. Freud didn't mean, because he will use the word, the German has a German has the word instinct, mm-hmm. and he will use the word instinct when he means something natural, and so he uses the word Treb, which doesn't mean something natural it means to, mm-hmm. and so for Lacan it's important that it's that it's mediated through the signifier that Trebe yeah. unlike instinct has this mediation through the signifier but it's also interesting that he doesn't use the term vicissitudes necessarily it's 
Triba und Triebschicksale, uh, the the fates of the drive. Mm. So it's, yeah, that's it's, fast. You said that to me pre-show. I I'd, I'd never heard that before. That's yeah, it's really a, really yeah. interesting. Yeah. yeah, it's the it's the it's the problem of like the fact that we speak different languages. Yeah, it's, of course. It's, it's unfortunate. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyway, but the so thing, f- I just I just want to throw out there that, that yeah. Y- yeah, in in the standard edition, everything's translated as in- instinct. But as you're saying, like you know, the, in German, it's instinct with a spelled almost like English, except there's a K, and yeah. then tree means drive. Just for anyone listening, I, I mean, you know, many people listening probably know this distinction already. Um, but uh, drive base uh, uh, just to throw this out there when Freud is saying this, it is, he is referring to something that is exceeding biological necessity. I think that's right. fair. Yeah. Yeah. That's absolutely correct. Right. Yeah. 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 So then, so that's in 1915. He writes, that's one of the papers on metapsychology. Mm-hmm. And then there's the real revolution though comes in. And so for him, and then the real revolution comes in 1920 when he writes beyond the pleasure principle and he mm-hmm. conceives of the death drive. And then, so what's interesting is that, Death, he conceives it. So he starts off talking about compulsion to repeat. Mm-hmm. And then in that, in Beyond the Pleasure Principle, and from compulsion to repeat, he comes to this idea of what he calls death drive. And so mm-hmm. I think a lot of readers, Lacan among them, and, and, and Slavoj even more than Lacan, I think, has developed this a little bit further, um, think of death drive as, as itself uh, involving repetition. So Freud... Mm-hmm. I think Freud thinks of it as just the desire to, to the drive to die. Okay. But I think that Lacan and, and so they think no, it's instead a sort of structure that that it that death drive is is a, is a form that the drive takes to to not to get rid of satisfaction, but to to follow a circular a repetition of mm-hmm. circular pattern. And Lacan even when he when he diagrams drive, he diagrams it as a circle going around an object that it it's constantly missing yeah so this is interesting too you said the first place that freud uh conceives of this is um in three essays on theory of sexuality and that's where he says i mean i i think this is what you're referencing the great line that the finding of an object is always the refinding of it yeah and i think that's Mm -hmm. that's the that's the first idea that's what is that that's is that um when is that essay is that 1890 no it's 1903 three essays okay um so Anyway, okay, so we're the finding of an object, always refining of it. Uh, that's this this circular pattern. Um, can I uh, right now introduce a uh, not a not a challenge to what you're saying, but like just mm-hmm. to to go with this point of how contested these terms are, and we're trying to like mediate the differences. Um, there are without names, there are people who believe that the way that you described the, um, the drive is like, um, sort of like extending this excitation. That is how people, uh, in psychoanalytic circles, uh, describe the pleasure principle, that the purpose of the pleasure principle is to, um, make it so that like, uh, pleasure is not extinguished or exhausted. So it is, uh, it, it uh, installs itself as like a, as like a limit so that pleasure can be extended. So wh- how would you, grapple with that understanding or make it yeah that's yeah. a good question yeah i mean i i don't think the pr- the problem with that is that i think freud freud finds that that's pretty that that phenomenon of of uh, uh, you know like extending uh excitation mm-hmm. is is i think he thinks that's much more difficult to understand than just chalking it up to the pleasure principle because mm-hmm. what that means is in order to extend excitation, I have to cause trouble for myself. 
And gotcha. so that's why I don't think that can be assimilated to pleasure principle. And, and I think that's why Freud's move is direct, like he, and his, his, the thing that actually, and beyond the pleasure principle that turns him from, mm-hmm. or at least in his narrative, that turns him from uh, pleasure principle to death drive, he's like, there are all these different, case, all these different forms of evidence he goes through. And then mm-hmm. he finally gets to act, to psychoanalysis, like the psychoanalytic session, and what he calls the negative therapeutic reaction, that when someone's on the verge of finding the, of solving their neurosis, yeah. that they end up subverting, yeah, doing yeah. what they can to subvert the, neuro, the the analytic process. And and he's like, well, why would they do that? Right, and, right. And so it seems like it's really tough to assimilate that to pleasure principle. because yeah. And that what they're doing there is extending the excitation, right, right mm-hmm. like, like not allowing it to... To, to come to an end, rather than and then and then that rather than than just getting rid of it, like, mm-hmm. like letting the letting the the session end would, or letting the the analysis end would be getting rid of the excita- excitation. And instead, it's like you you sustain it more and through causing through like backsliding in your analysis. Yeah. And that backs I think that backsliding or self destructiveness. Yeah. It has to be known. Has to be death drive, or has to be drive, and can't. It seems to me like doesn't make sense to think of it as pleasure principle because pleasure principle seems more straightforward to me. It, That's interesting. Yeah, um, I think what I want to, uh, to to bring up here is that this is a definition of the drive that um, I think uh, probably Zizek is is most well known for to use a belabored word already extending uh he's extended this idea of uh and and he associates the death drive um pr- pretty pretty exclusively with um with uh undermining of the self and right the and also with repetition yeah. right yeah. like those mm-hmm. two things well i don't know how much he emphasizes self-destructiveness although i think mm-hmm. you're right that he does but for him it's it's totally repetition and i think he does a nice job of drawing out this distinction between desire as this moving forward, like desire wants to move forward and, mm-hmm. and Lacan associates it with metonymy. So this movement from mm-hmm. one signifier to a connected signifier to another. And I think we've all experienced, like the, the, I think the great example would be the, the, uh, the kind of macho guy who goes from one sexual conquest to another <laughs> thinking sure. each one is going to be like, I, I have, I have that conquest. I'll really have something. Yeah. And yeah there's yeah. this constant disappointment of, Oh yeah, but whatever. It wasn't that great, and then, then move on to the next one and to the next one, and and each time, the realization of desire coincides with the dissatisfaction. Right, right, right. This is you so, know. Oh, yeah. I was just gonna say he's. I've uh, maybe people know. Uh, Slavoj's also talked about this. He uh, the the figure of the zombie in the horror yeah. film. He's yeah. he's used to talk about that. The the zombie is a figure of um, a drive like absent. Uh, desire that it just is this pure repetition is what a zombie does is it, it repeats without desire and that is what's sort of terrifying about it there there's no kind of uh oh there's no there's no there's no intention it's headless it, yeah, yeah it's headless yeah. i know yeah. he thinks that he thinks yeah. that desire that drive is is this kind of totally headless um repetition without mm-hmm. the and and so like so the so if you can think, I think it's nice to think of the opposition between desire as this movement forward and mm-hmm. drive as this 
stuck S- repetition. But yeah, then circular, I yeah. think it does kind of nicely break down the opposition. So it's not a total opposition because in, in some sense, desire and drive are operating on the same terrain. Mm-hmm. It's just desire has the fantasy of attaining the object. Right. Whereas desire has no object. Like it, it's yeah. a that desire sort of contains within it the unconscious recognition that there is no object that could satisfy it because it's satisfied by moving by missing the object by mm-hmm. nothing so mm-hmm. like the, there's a so, so nothingness as the uh, or nothing as the object of drive and then some evanescent object <laughs> as the object of desire right this is i i've um i've described this to you um and sometimes i describe this to my my students as the um when when you buy a when you buy a new iphone uh, well, well, I'll just, I'll, I'll even get to the end. Like, I, I think in some ways that like this is in popular discourse is understood as buyer's remorse is right. the, is the right. confrontation with the, the idea that your desire can never be satisfied. And right. I think that there's something that's really great about, uh, Apple products where it, people think they want the thing, they want the new MacBook, they want the new phone yeah. or whatever, but what they, what they really want is the box. And I just, I know that this is totally anecdotal, but I just most, I just, I, I, I ask my students like who have Apple products, like I do this like every year, at least in one class, like who has an iPhone or MacBook who still has the box? And most people still have the box. They still have the box. They still have the box. And it, and it goes even beyond this. If you go on eBay, a product that has no box, that has the same quality as uh, someone who's selling the exact same product, but with the box, the person with the box can charge whatever twice as much twice as much it's just so much more money and because this is the you know this is the thing is that like we you know we think we we think we we want we think we want the the product but we want the we want the box the um, i I think is is what ends up happening no that's really good i mean i think that lacan because he was an early investor in apple like i think he understood (laughs) no but i think he was at all he unfortunately died before they were created, but um, <laughs> he just supported not. Steve Jobs. Yeah, completely. maybe not. Yeah, maybe no. not. Um, so I don't know exactly the origin date of Apple. That, yeah, um, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, that that I think that the um, that the distinction between object of desire and mm-hmm. what Lacan calls objet a, which is the yeah. object that causes our desire. Exactly. Like I think it's pretty nicely captured in. The opposition between the iPhone and the iPhone box. Yeah, but like right. you just described, I think yeah. that's so. What's what's interesting is is that the i the objet a, the famous Lacanian objet a, is the box. It's the box. Yeah, and right. the object of desire is the iPhone, and so we are not satisfied. And I think it's nice to, that. So one way of thinking about the, this opposition between desire and drive is drive entails the again unconscious recognition that it's the objet a that satisfies us, mm-hmm. the object. And so it doesn't, it, getting the object is nothing to drive. Like right, it doesn't, right. It's, but desire believes that the object of desire is what satisfies us. Mm-hmm. So it, th- it like wants to tear through the box and get to the <laughs> yeah, phone. Yeah, yeah, like but, a kid on Christmas. <laughs> yeah, like a kid, I mean, like I was a terrible kid. On, like, I, I constantly was disappointed on, yeah. like at two in the afternoon on Christmas Day was for me the most depressing <laughs> time in all of human existence, and I thought, and it's because like I had this, I, had, I was so stuck in the logic of desire, mm-hmm. and you know the fantasy of 
the, I mean, fantasy maybe is just the idea that the object of desire is the objet. Yeah. Like, that's the deception of fantasy, right? Like it, mm-hmm. it, it thinks like that the, the object of desire, the iPhone is really the thing giving me, yeah. will be, will produce the, the satisfaction, but it never is that that produces mm-hmm. the satisfaction. So right, right. I, I think it's, it's that this, Association of desire with missing and fail, or I'm sorry, with of drive with mm-hmm. missing and failing, and desire with success. That's yeah. a, that's a nice way of think of the opposition. So they're they're like overlapped on each other, but one just entails this idea of success that the other doesn't. Mm. And the and and I, I think works against as well, like the drive, right, like, like right, right. Act- I think actively, that's a key. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Ryan. Yeah, I think that's key. That that the drive is because. If 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 the drive has entails this unconscious recognition mm-hmm. that I'm satisfied only by not getting the object by failing yeah. to get it, then yeah. it's going to do whatever it can to subvert my any possible realization of my desire because mm-hmm. it's only through not getting it that I actually get it. And I think <laughs> yeah, right, right. You know, so yeah. that's why when you're, I mean, everyone does this, right? When you're doing various self-destructive acts mm-hmm. you're really you're 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 harming your self-interest or your good mm-hmm. but you're at the but at the same time you're you're fueling your drive right? mm-hmm. so that's so it's it does make it hard to imagine uh that's why i think there's no i think freud thought this there's no such thing as human happiness because well, of, yeah of the drive like yeah. it, the drive the drive is, and, and don't you think it's fascinating that the one contemporary philosopher who's relatively friendly to psychoanalysis, Alain Badu, mm-hmm. none has has no theory of death drive, and he just a few years ago wrote a book on happiness on as happiness. the goal of philosophy. Right? It's <laughs> interesting. Like, like yeah. you know, no psych, no one who had a theory of drive would write a book on philosophy of happiness. Right? That Certainly they not. Just think that's 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 not in the cards. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The happiness is imaginary, and it's imaginary because of drive. Like, like the moment that which you think you're going to be happy is the moment that you'll do the most self-destructive, mm. self-destructive thing you can. Well, it's interesting too that that the the idea of uh, happiness uh, conflicts as well with um, I think understanding the the I mean understanding the the body in, in a psychoanalytic sense, which is that. Um, I mean, th- you used a word uh, I mean, probably 10 minutes ago about um, like a homeostatic state. I think that psychoanalysis as a theory uh, re- rejects the notion of homeostasis at all. Like you, you can't have right. this. Um, oh, what is it? There's no there's no yin and well, Freud yang. shouldn't have said that. Yeah. Freud yeah. shouldn't have said that. He shouldn't yeah. have said that there is. a Right. I think you're exactly because yeah. right, there, yeah, there's, there's always something. There's always there. There's always like, and you know, and, and Lacan get I mean, this Lacan gets into this more with like, you know, the idea of the of, of the, the cut and we there is no zero. There is only there's only minus one. We start at minus one. Yeah. yeah. But yes. Yeah. yeah You're going to say. No, I think that's right. And I think Jung would be a great heretic in that sense. Right. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah. That's great. Like that notion of a kind of homeostasis is this is integral to his way of his way of thinking mm. mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. his his followers like Jordan Peterson today. Right? Oh, that's, yeah. No, but yeah, that's what they're that trying to. I mean, and, yeah. and, and I think it's true that I mean, homeostasis seems to be like people who peddle homeostasis also often peddle happiness as, yeah. uh, you know, I think when Freud says the end of civilization's discontents, I, I can't stand up in front of my fellow 
uses the sexist fellow men as a yeah. as a prophet and 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 advise how they should arrange society. It's because I think he understands that that there's yeah. you know I mean I think it is nonetheless I think so then then I think one of the interesting questions is is psychoanalysis doomed to just be kind of like a a commentary on how political projects run awry, mm-hmm. you know, because they're constantly undermining themselves? Or is there a way to, like, integrate that to see how that undermining is itself has a kind of positive valence to so it? So this one. is, uh, yeah, I wanted to jump in on this because uh, it was a, the point that I wanted to get to is that, um, you know, a book we referenced a couple times in the podcast, uh, Alenka Zupancic's recent uh, What is Sex? She does... Um, a good deal of work in what I think is the large, the longest chapter in the book um, yeah. that ends up, it begins about object oriented ontology and then becomes about um, the drive as understood by Freud and then as understood by um, Lacan and, and Deleuze. And she um, makes the, the claim that uh, for Freud, the life drive um, which would be Eros and then Thanatos, which is the death drive. I don't Some, think he uses the term Thanatos. He doesn't use Thanatos. Okay. It oh, gets so imposed on him. That gets imposed on him. I don't think he does. I think he says death drive only. He says yeah. death drive only. Okay. So yeah. this, another translation thing, uh, although this is, I think you said this before, this is a, a, an, an excellent example of the drive at work. Like that <laughs> we, we have like these discussions are like uh, so many of them, in psychoanalytic theory, like uh, arise out of um, out of like misunderstanding, uh, per, partially because of translation. And I just I think that like, well, I think you're yeah. what you just said is right. Like like we like the drive is is the reason why we can never have a, a fine definition of drive. Right? Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> like you have this constant battle about what it means, even even though yeah. it's the simplest. You know, Lacan even says the the drives are the myths of psychoanalysis. Like it's yeah. The, it's the it's foundational for psychoanalysis, and yet there's still a kind of contestation about the what's the foundational the foundational term. I think it's like I mean it, to me it's almost like a like a meta parapraxis like it's a yeah. you know it's it's yeah. a it's a, a some kind of meta slip, and I think it does. Um, I mean one of my interests like this is like a little long term interest of mine is to like have a project on um, misreading and mishearing as like th- these are the these are the only ways that that people read is by misreading and the only yeah. ways people read or hear is through mishearing there's only mishearing there's only misreading and uh, it, it, you know uh, tied into the drive but maybe a future future podcast but <laughs> um, the yeah so uh, what Alenka does, I think she, she sums it up nicely by bringing uh, Beckett into the equation by saying that like the, the, the drive and like, so the, the death drive is not opposed to life. And, and in fact, the, the death drive, um, allows us to, uh, to, to, to live. It allows us to, to die differently. And she, uh, says that, you know, that faint, the, altering the famous, uh, phrase from, from Beckett and the unnameable, uh, you know, die again, uh, die better. Like, yeah. like the, and, and this is what, this is the, the, as the motto of the drive. And so, right. Uh, yeah. I yeah. One she, of you so she says in there. Yeah. that drive is a, is a core of negativity yeah. that makes life worth living. Yeah. Yes. So that's, I think, fascinating that mm-hmm. it's, that it's so, and, and, and in some sense, the drive isn't opposed to like the social bond, but it, mm-hmm. it, 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 it on the one hand tears it down, but on the other hand, it's the condition of it's, it's the thing that makes it possible as well. Yeah, yeah, right. Like it makes it gives us our universality and our connection to others, but it also the thing that severs us from others. And I don't think you can, 
I don't think you can separate uh, the severing from the connection. Like mm, I think that's, that's and I think it's well put. you know, yeah, I think it. I th- and I think I, I think maybe we could like. And th- again, this is also contested because mm-hmm. someone like Lee Edelman in the book No Future mm-hmm. wants to see drive as just a pure, just as a pure severing. Yes, yeah, so, a, a so, raw negative force. Right. right. He yeah. sa- even says that drive is the negativity opposed to every form of social viability, mm-hmm. and that's, I mean, that just shows you the way it's so contested because yeah. Alenka sees sees death drive as in some way formative of a social link. Right, right, right. Yeah, and if, for if Lee, that's the way that you live, if that if this is the, the what makes life worth living, and this is then that it, that that is the the drive is the the zero point again taking away minus one, but it is the, the minus one point of all social bonds and the society in general, if you follow along that idea. Right. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I think it, it's, uh, but for, for Edelman, for Lee, it's, it's it, there, it's much more that the, that drive is only the negativity. Like mm-hmm. it can it doesn't have the, it doesn't. And so that's why he says that there can be no politics of the death drive, you know? And so yeah. that's, that puts him radically at odds with, you know, Alenka, I think, uh, mm-hmm. Slavoj, and people like that, because yeah. they try to envision ways in which, you know, you know, like all of Slavoj's political interventions are attempts to think about drive as a as a form of political or social connection. Mm. What, what? So I want to. It's, it's a loaded capitalist word, but I mean, would uh, would what you're saying be that? Um, Maybe we could sum it up like this: that the drive, the drive does have this negativity in it, but it to to insist it as it, like negative in an evaluative sense, as in it's always taking away, it's never additive, is to ignore how the drive can be productive. Absolutely, so, okay. right? Absolutely. Yeah. Like I think that I think that. I mean, maybe this is Hegel's great contribution that negativity always has a productive. It yeah. was a productive, like, in fact... That's super interesting. In yeah. In fact, yeah. and I, I think that part of the problem is that Freud does not... Freud often can think dialectically, but he, he like, take... And I think this is what Alenka is doing to Eros and Death Drive in her yeah. book, like, that, yeah. that she's dialectizing Freud's dualist... Con- like, he just... Freud, in, you know, when he, when he first thinks about this in... It's basically in Beyond the Pleasure Principle, although there's sort of intimations of it earlier. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's he has a different dualism. So he has a dualism of uh, the sexual instinct or sexual drives and the and the life drives. In, sure, sure. Say in the narcissism essay, and then and then in Beyond the Pleasure Principle, it's the dualism of eros and death drive, like you just mentioned. And then, but they're it's dualistic, right? So yeah. it's like or manichaeist. They're just mm-hmm. separate, mm-hmm. and they don't interact with each other. And what Alenka shows is that. Instead, it's no death drive is kind of the privilege term, mm-hmm. and the productivity of eros actually comes out of, out of that negativity of death drive. Yeah, and that's so, a way of so, thinking those two. And in fact, well, I mean that makes it actually so they have more, a dialectical Hege- connection. I was just going to say it makes it more Hegelian. It was like it's it's like thinking with contradiction. It's not saying like, well, they're they're contradictory, they're opposed, so they're two separate things. Right. I think it's so hard. I think to not fall into a dualist way of thinking and think like, oh, there are these two things that are opposed. Yeah. But instead think the dialectical way of there's one and then that's why the problem is, I think this is why people don't like to think like this, is mm-hmm. that if you think dialectically, it seems like it's 
monastic way of thinking. Yeah. Like, not, <laughs> not like a monk, but like, yeah. like that, that there's only, it's monist, like that you ha- you're just, because one term, in order to think dialectically, one term has to be privileged mm-hmm. in order to then to be undermined, right? Yeah. Like, and, yeah. and then to produce, the other term has to be produced out of it. Like right. sim- most simply in, in, in like Hegel's relationship with the master and the servant, like the, like they're not, they don't exist separately. Like they don't, they don't mm-hmm. come to each other separately. It's instead the one is sort of produced out of the attitude of the other. Yeah, that's great. That's, you know, um, you know, the example I like a lot, I mean, this is like, um, just briefly, like, uh, Slavoj's great reading of, of, of Hegel is that the, uh, the second term is, uh, produced first, right? If you think yeah, of yeah, the, yeah. right, yeah. the thesis antithesis, uh, synthesis, right, which is void um, in in Zizek's reading, but the, that the antithesis is produced first, and that produces the the thesis. And I the uh, the example that I that I like uh, from uh, American history is um, the uh, the war on drugs is a uh, Nixon. Um, I forget what year he he commissions this uh, report to find out about like whether marijuana uh, like should be considered like a schedule one narcotic or like how uh-huh. difficult is it? And he gave it to like his top, like, you know, Republican lackey and the guy produces the report and he says like, no, we shouldn't make it illegal or attack it. And he says, okay. And he puts it in his desk and now we have the war on drugs forever. Um, that it, this terrible thing. So it's not that like, I mean, a lot of people like to say is like, um, Oh, we were working with incomplete information. This is like one of the, I, I, I really don't, this is like a popular thing is that like yeah. people don't do things bad on purpose. They act with incomplete information. Well, that's I, so that's Socrates, right? Like, yeah. that's, you know, like there's no one, no one conscious, no one wills evil, right? Yeah. Like they're just mistaken. They're just, just, yeah. Yeah. And it's so, it's so, well, and, but so this is like, and this isn't like, and so then the problem is that like, well, Nixon is just a, he's an outlier, exceptional right, figure, whatever. Right. But anyway, so the point is that like the second term that, you know, marijuana isn't that bad. That was actually produced first. And then the first term, like marijuana is going to like kill your kids. And it's going to be this gateway drug forever. That was produced second. So like, anyway. Yeah, that's great, Ryan. Yeah. I mean, that's a good way of justifying your marijuana habit. That's what, well, um, yeah, right. <laughs> Uh, no, don't I think say that on a, on a podcast. <laughs> I don't smoke. I don't smoke. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Sorry. Let's be clear. That was, was a joke. That was um, yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, no, but to come back to the point, I think sure. it's a great point, and I think I think that another good, good example of this is Alenka's, right? Like, yeah. That um, that that death drive, like you would think, like first there is the pure life. Right. Drive, and then yes. death drive interrupts that. Her right. That is, subverts it. But yeah, yeah. Her point is the interruption of death drive, life drive emerges out of that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like it's a really, really good point, I think. And it's, yeah. I think it absolutely has to be emphasized. I mean, it follows from what you're just saying about this, the priority of the second term. And again, just to come one more time back to the Hegel master servant dialectic, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. for Hegel, even though the master seems like it's first there's mastery, then like, subdues the servant it's actually the prior position is this this position of the servant who experiences this uh what he calls this absolute dread in the face of death and thus says i don't want to get into any i don't want to get any fight to the death and so Mm -hmm. that 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 position actually is existentially prior to the one of mastery so Mm -hmm. i think i think you can go through like all of these oppositions and find two things they're not really oppositions but dialectical relations and mm-hmm. secondly that what seems to be the 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 secondary term is actually the first 
term. Mm, right? mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's mm. really, that's great. And, and that's, I think that's an important way out of, um, like the yin and yang thinking of, of desire and drive as like these, um, you know, these two forces that make like a whole circuit and like, it's all like, it's almost like, like, it's like a fun game. Like they're like Starsky and Hutch. Like they have what the other, what the other lacks and, and, right, they, and it, right. and it, and it creates, it, it adds up to a hundred percent because they each right. have 50 or something. It's not. And, and that, that, that's, that's not the point. The point is that like, the these two these are two forces that like are have opposed um ends and and they they resist each other and that is exact and that resistance is that which uh creates well i don't know like again as as like is saying like a unique path for 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 people like it is allows uh, for uh for one to to die differently Right. Um, I think that's right. And yeah. don't you think it's fascinating that you can't have like on the one just like I agree with totally with what you said about the yeah. different forms, mm-hmm. but in a certain sense they operate on the same exact territory and follow the same path. Mm. They just they just the path is just not understood in the same way, even though yeah. it's following the same path. You know what I'm saying? Like no, I do, uh, I do. Yeah. Well I like it as so right, the, the thing that you said earlier is that like um is th- that uh desire it um, it seems to push forward and the, you, you want to think about that almost like, well, I don't know, maybe do you want to think about that as a straight line? I think that'd be like an easy way to, yeah to conceptualize yeah. it for someone listening. And then you want to think about, you know, drive as a circle. And, uh, so it's like, um, like I, I you know how I think about it is like, you know, you know that like, that's the, no one does this cause it's like a stupid thing. But like, if you, you watch like a, um, like a kid's playing and something from like on TV from like 1950s. And they're like pushing like a, like a wheel around with a stick. Yeah. Right. Like, yep. so that's like, that's what we, we have is like, we, you know, I, I, that's how I'm thinking about it in my head is like the, the, the wheel and the, and the stick is this, um, as this, as this shape, like, again, it's like this pushing forward, but this repetition and this like, uh, dragging back or, or like a, a, a hauling back, which is, um, something that, uh, the phrase I'm taking from uh, from from Joan uh, Joan Kopchak, who references this in um, in in Lacan, that there, there is a uh, isn't isn't I, I may have to to stop to try to look this up, but like the German word that that Freud uses um, for the drive, doesn't it have is it holder holder like holder something is is in there oh Vieter Holung. yes Vieter okay, Holung is rep that's that's repetition, repetition sorry Vieter repetition Holung, yeah. yeah and so in repetition which is central to the drive in in that german word is the notion of hauling like like of like of, of hauling back right is yeah. that yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 i think that the, anyway i think that that's like that's fascinating like a like a um like if you tried to like if you tried to um have a a fighter jet take off with the, um, the parachute already coming out of the back of it. (laughs) I like that. I like that as a vision of drive. Yeah. 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 That's good. I mean, I do think it's interesting the way that could there be, is it possible to imagine a subject, a pure subject of drive? Mm -hmm. And I don't think so. Like, I don't think like, like even this example of the zombie like that. I mean, that's not like a yeah. real, that's like a fantasy thing. And I mean, in the layman terms. In the lay- yeah. I don't know about that, but yeah, I, but right. Cause they're like, well, there's no such thing as an undead right. person. And I, but 
I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like that the, 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 it's, you can never, like, you need the illusion that you're moving forward. Yeah. And thus desire, you know, and, and thus you have to be within the logic of desire in order to, to activate the drive. So I think that the, I don't think that there's, it's, I mean, I think that you can sort of take into account the drive, take into account your self-destructiveness, but I don't think you can, I don't think you can totally make that into your conscious aim. Mm -hmm. You know, like I, yeah. well, I mean, I think that's what it means to, to understand that consciousness and the unconscious are opposed to each other. And that if, Mm -hmm. like, I think desire can be, I don't know about this, but I think that desire can be made conscious. Like you can you can have these moments of conscious awareness of desire, but I don't think that drive can because well, yeah, yeah, keep going. No, no, no I was, was going to say yeah. Go oh well, I was going to suggest like isn't this the the difference between uh, psychoanalytic theory and a theory of self help? Because yeah. like I mean, this is one of um, you know one of Freud's great. Uh, insights, right? Is that like, um, you know, as he says about psychoanalytic theory, that a cure is a bonus, which is not like I'm, I'm cashing checks and like, yeah, it's a bonus if uh, the patient's cured at the end. It's not like that. It's, you know, and he says that in the impossible professions, uh, essay that like, you know, about government and healthcare and, uh, education, teaching, teaching, yeah, that the, there's no, there's no end. There's no end point. There's no like, uh, there's no logic that, that is, uh, pushing you toward like any particular kind of end. So I think, so the, the self-help difference is that like, Oh, once you, and this was, I mean, this happened in, uh, Freud's lifetime, right? Like with the development of ego psychology is, is like, if you just recognize like the, 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 the drive and how you're trying to, to undermine yourself, then you don't have to. If you just recognize you want the iPhone box, you won't get another iPhone or whatever, you know, like, and yeah. that's not, that's not the point and that's not possible. Right. I don't think it's possible. I think that's yeah. correct. So, so, so you agree that there is no pure subject of the drive basically. Because yeah, yeah. if there was, then I think you're right. Then in some sense, psychoanalysis could be reducible to self-help. Yeah, yeah. Right. Although so it's funny because someone said to me, "I read your my book, Capitalism as Desire. Capitalism and Desire as a, it, I read it for it as a kind of self help book." And I didn't, I didn't mind that. I thought that was kind no. of nice. But, uh, but it would be, it would be kind of a perverse self or a kind of, uh, you know, undermining self undermining self help, right? Like that. Yeah. Like it would only be the recognition that I there's no help for me. <laughs> yeah. Or, well, or just like, there's not, I mean, again, I mean, to, to go back to like, to, to Freud's conclusion in the impossible professions is like, there's just no, there's no perfection of it. Like you right. can, I think you can, I, I think, you know, maybe what this person was, you know, they were using self-help as a shorthand. Like, you know, you can read something, you can read psychoanalysis and, and you can, um, Oh, I don't know. I don't want to say like you can become woke or whatever, but like you can become, you can become more, more aware of, of certain, uh, uh, you know, systemic, uh, functions and like for either yourself or, or in the, the social bond, right? Like the, the group or the individual. Um, but it doesn't, it doesn't prescribe a set of, of solutions and it doesn't give a path to like personal fulfillment, which I think I almost wonder if, if it did, if it would be taken more seriously by some people who dismiss it because like I, and here I'm thinking of like, um, like, I don't know, like your Boardwells or your, your Noel Carroll's and then like, you know, your, your people that think that it's, 
it's just like analysts and 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 psychoanalytic theorists are just creating uh problems and they're not there's no there's no solution right like it's like a very american thing i think right. in right. uh anyway but i don't know what, what do you what do you think of that no i think that's i think it's probably right that if but but again, that would require psychoanalysis to abandon the territory of the unconscious, which is its yeah. only territory. So then, <laughs> yeah, that's then true. it wouldn't have any insights at all. Yeah. Because I think yeah. that's the whole that's its whole ball game. Like yeah. its whole the whole premise and it's not even a premise, the whole discovery of psychoanalysis is that the unconscious, you know, rules over consciousness. And so once you once that's your once that's the what your discovery is, then I think there's no way you're going to be effective as self-help or as like something yeah. therapeutic mm-hmm. or, you know, cause you're, there's a way in which like what, once you recognize that, what drives you to analysis other than like, okay, I can get over the idea of getting over this. That's not, <laughs> yeah. that's not very appealing. Sure. Right? Like, yeah, I yeah, think, yeah. you know, like I, I think if you're the one always making psychoanalytic interventions, you're not going to, People aren't going to be convinced by you very often. Yeah, yeah. Because it's not a, again, it's not, I think you're right, like there's no clear aim that you're going for that could be realized. Mm-hmm. That's the mm-hmm. whole, in fact, that is the whole point, is that not only do I, not only can we not realize the aim, but not realizing the aim is the aim. <laughs> is the aim, yeah, right, right. <laughs> I mean, so it's a real, yeah. and I think, so that's, so I do think that in that sense, psychoanalysis is on the side of the drive against desire although mm-hmm. you know it's not like desire can be the enemy that can be eradicated because you can never fully as we just said maybe yeah. you can't really fully be a, just a pure subject of drive mm-hmm. but but i do think you know i think people are both drawn to psychoanalysis today and and resistant to it because we live in a in a real desireful time yeah like, like, and i think the more that the more that you get on um like it seems like to me the logic of internet is completely <laughs> the logic of desire, right? Like you, yeah, you you like the the Google search, you search right, for right. one thing and then you go to another and then you go like it's yeah, always yeah, it's, you're it's in the logic of metonymy, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And there's no, and there there it always holds out this promise of getting something and then <laughs> you never get it. So it does. So there is the logic of drive kind of lurking in there. Mm-hmm. underneath but it's never explicit i think and yeah. yeah no that's really interesting and like i think that it is it's so funny it's like like the one of the one of the basic insights uh, and discoveries of, uh, of freud is like you cannot you cannot master the unconscious and yeah. that is that is exa- and if you start there it means that you um well i mean like you start and i actually think you start and you end there Right. Like, I mean, that's like the, the kind of the um, you're just dealing with the consequences of that. Like, yeah. like, it's just radiating outward outward. And that's why there's no that's why there's no end end of uh, end of analysis, which is why, you know, Lacan has moved to um, to tie the end of analysis with the uh, recognition that there is no uh, that there is no big other that like that, you know, you have you have to start an- you have to start analysis with this idea that the person that you're going to is something to tell you. And then you have yeah. to end with the idea that like they don't have the s- secret that you might be looking for. And it's like, you know, I mean, it's like, I, I you know, I liken it. I, I mean, it, it is quite like teaching. It's like stand up comedy. Like if you went into a comedy club and you thought that the person every single person that's going to come up and talk is an idiot and unfunny, 
that's you're not gonna have a good time and the crowd's gonna be terrible and like they're you know every comic's gonna get booed off the the stage it's the same thing you know you go to a college class like and you think like this person doesn't know anything they may not but if you start that way like that's gonna you can't start that way right so again that nicely catches the way that the 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 being misled or the you know like that's lacan's it's the title of seminar 21, like Mm -hmm. les non duper, like the, if you're Mm not, don't allow yourself to be duped. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So if you don't, and I think that you could read that in this way, if you don't allow yourself to desire. Yeah. Or to be sucked in by the fantasy. Right. Then you're going to miss the satisfaction of the drive. Right. Right. Because, so even though in some sense he says, what did he say? Like fantasy or, uh, that, 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 Drive is the is the is desire minus fantasy, mm-hmm. but you need that you need the moment of fantasy in order to get to get drive working. So it's yeah. not like you can just get it's not like you can just have one without the other. Right? Yeah, like you, you mm-hmm. can't. Even though, I mean, you you've sort of alluded to this at the at, uh, in what you just said that mm-hmm. that at the end of seminar eleven he talks about the end of analysis. Yeah. And he, it's the one time, it's funny because Slavoj makes such a big deal out of it. And I think that's why people say, oh, Lacan, his idea of the end of analysis traversing the fantasy. Yeah, yeah. But he only says it one time. One time, yeah, right. In right. Seminar 11. Yeah. And, and, uh, but it's interesting what that means, right? Like, mm-hmm. does it mean, like, and I think the, the zombie thing leads you to believe that it means getting like if traversing the fantasy entering the drive would mean just like getting rid of the fantasy Mm -hmm. but i don't think it can possibly mean that i just don't think that can be right i think it has to be richard boothby says this or rick boothby says that you allow like traversing the fantasy means allowing yourself to be even more gripped by the fantasy without any possibility of getting out of it yeah i you know yeah i think that i another like i think one of lacan's insights that is like the strongest for me the non-dupe air like to not to not be duped is to is to make is to make the mistake like i think it's just such a, a powerful yeah uh logic you know like that's the, and the duping is the fantasy the right? duping, the is, duping the fantasy. is the fantasy yeah. is the succumbing to fantasy and mm-hmm. so so i think what we're coming back to is this relation yeah. between desire and drive like you ha- you can't just opt for one without the other you can't yeah yeah, yeah i think that's right no, no, it's great. I mean, it's great. And like, I, I think, uh, you know, just for, for like an example of like where, um, you need to be like, one needs to be duped, um, by the political process, like to vote, I think. And you need to be like the, 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 the notion that is, um, I mean, I, I think people who just in America right now, in, in some elections, uh, people who don't ordinarily vote are voting, which is, uh, which is great. But I think that like, you know, for a long time, there was like this, uh, this like South Park, um, like cynicism that like, Oh, it doesn't matter. Like you, you, you know, you think that your vote counts like, no, I'm, I'm outside of this. Like I, I'm really like, I'm hip to the, to the real truth about this. And it's, it's like, no, you're, you're not. In fact, actually you, you were, you're contributing to the, I mean, that's, that's the idea of, of cynicism is that like, 
the difference between, and this is how I defend it, the difference between the cynic and the pessimist is the pessimist expects the worst. The cynic needs the worst. Right. And, right. and like they're, they're sustained by it. So they need that system to, to act in the way that it, that it is for them to still have a point for them to still be okay. They need, and, and that's the thing that sustains their supposed, um, like air of enlightenment by not being duped, but you need to be duped. You know, you need to think you need to think the comic that's going to come on the uh, the stage is going to be the funniest person you've ever seen. You need to think that the class that you're going into, like it might be the you need to start there, you know, or, or else. Well, uh, it's easier if nothing. they're going yeah. to your class rather than mine. Well, that's, that's <laughs> very coming to mine. It's hard to think that it's going to be. Bad. No, yeah. I think I was going to say, do yeah. you th- I thought what you just said is really good. And here's my question. Do you sure. think that. The, the, there's a link between this cynicism and mm-hmm. the belief that drive is pure negativity wow. without any positive, you know, uh, correlate. Right? That's that, interesting. No, keep, can you keep going? Or is no, that, that's that, my that, question. I'm just going to give you the card question. No, I'll yeah. elaborate a little bit. So, yeah, so yeah, please, in other yeah. words, like the way you're describing it, it sounds mm-hmm. like, you know, the cynic, uh, the cynic, doesn't refuses to accept any investment in the fundamental in the in the social fantasy right sure yeah yeah i think that's right and Absolutely. so isn't mm-hmm. that isn't that a belief that i can have that i can t- that drive can be this purely negative thing without any it doesn't it can avoid the social like mm-hmm. drive is the the it's sort of the the re- rejection of the social or the re- the negativity relative to the social order it yeah. doesn't have, and it's not like Alenka says in "What Is Sex." It's not the thing that actually also is constitutive of the social order. I'm not, again, I'm not sure that she totally says that. Yeah, but we're yeah. Gonna, we're going to attribute that position to sure. her. Um, I don't know. Don't you think? Well, so, I th- you're making me realize is that like to to think of the drive in that way and to to tie it to cynicism is to think that um, that there's a meta language. And to think that that there is like you can be and I think it goes I actually think that it it is uh, in some ways a handshake with a with a self-help idea like to go back to a phrase that I used in the previous episode that like you can have the secret truth of the universe and you can be hooked into it and you can be outside uh, of, of, of some system that you don't want to be a, a part of or you wish were different. Um, yeah. And yeah, I, I think that, yeah. So I, anyway, I would link, I, I would link the cynicism to that, that, um, that impulse to, to thinking one is, uh, is, is on the outside, uh, of something and like to, to, to bring drive with you as the basis of, of that sort of like philosophical difference, I think is to misunderstand the, like the unavoidable and fundamental place that drive has in the social bond. Like, I th- so I think that you, it, it is, I, I think it's incompatible at a fundamental level with uh, with cynicism and and with with uh, a compensatory belief in some sort of meta language that one can right, be outside right. of the box. Drive yeah. is that, yeah. yeah. I yeah. think that's right. Yeah. That 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 it, that the recognition of drive is the recognition that you're imp- you're you're implicated in the things that you most reject, even that you yeah. can't. That yeah. there's no ability. There's no ability to kind of separate yourself, and then in some way desire is premised on the idea that you can 
you can get separate out yourself yeah yeah, yeah you yeah. can separate yeah and the i mean the worst articulation of it is that you can separate yourself by you know having like uh you know choices like like you know you the whatever shampoo that you get or, or something well or, my or least want, favorite you know. is the local movement i have to say oh like by, the, yeah by, by local by local yeah, yeah i mean fine whatever but it's not a like the i i'm not against of course saving gas money of trucks that are moving vegetables or whatever but, yeah, sure. but of course i'm for that but but the idea the problem is the psychic thing that that if you're buying local you're some way you're you're not you're opting out of the global capitalist system, yeah which yeah, i don't yeah. think is po- like i don't think that's possible and i think you're right like that's tied to like this cynical withdrawal and even though these people aren't cynical at all yeah. Um, you, well, it has the value. It, I mean, that wouldn't wouldn't like Freud or Lacan say this that like the only buy local only has the value that it does because of the like success of global capital of global capitalism. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. any time, yeah. I just think isn't this the lesson of psychoanalysis? That one of the main lessons that yeah. any time you need someone else to play the heavy, yeah. someone else to play the bad guy, yeah. then you've you're you're you've missed it. Yeah. And that 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 you have to understand that you're also your own bad guy. Like mm-hmm. you're, you know, you're part of the thing that you're fighting against. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. The, it, 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 other, otherwise you wouldn't be fighting against it, right? Like you're invested <laughs> in it, in yeah. your fighting against it. And that, like, I think it's true. It's so true. It's a, it's a horrible recognition in everyday yeah. life because you realize these people that annoy me and I'm constantly quarreling with, like I, I rely on them. Yeah, to have my own position, you know, and I think that's a pretty disturbing. I th- right? yeah, yeah. Th- that's the lesson. I mean, isn't that the great lesson from group psychology? I think yeah, like like yeah. like how how the 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 individual is inflected in the group, and the group is already in the in the individual, and it works at, at that level, that sort of like inextricable level, right? Like like the I mean I'm to, I mean that's I mean. Where else do, does the the like the the libertarian or the off the grid fantasy come from than something like that? Like to just completely separate from from this tie that you again that you nonetheless need, and it would be. I mean, I don't know. Again, but for, it's a, yeah, I, go ahead. I was just thinking it's fascinating because yeah. you could. I think it's easy to imagine drive as mm-hmm. this total indifference to the social, and thus equivalent to local. You know, mm-hmm. the living off the grid. Like, why wouldn't that be drive? It's like buy, it's opting out. But the thing is, it's not drive because mm-hmm. it's it do, it's a failure to to recognize drive, and it, and it's sort of it's it's completely the logic of desire and the mm-hmm. fantasy associated with escape, right? Mm-hmm. And not yeah, right, yeah. like drive is in some way constantly culpable. Like it's constantly yeah. and it doesn't it can't avoid it's called it's a it's the recognition in some sense that you're always stained you're always you're always culpable with the the social order that you're trying to retreat from and yeah. i think it's only desire that can posit a total successful retreat it's so it's so fascinating like i mean even as we're talking about it, it it's like um i mean you get like you totally get the idea of why you you get the idea of, of why it's important that lacan um begins his you know return to freud by you know with with the drive or like or, or he recuperates the drive um and uh, in in many ways um but you can also get why it would be rejected because what like why why you know it's i mean this is why freud struggled with it is that like when yeah. you when you fully reckon with the drive and like it's it's a 
That's a no win situation. It's a no win situation. Yeah, and it's and it's yeah. like you know you want like of course you want to be maybe this is part of I haven't read it but I wonder if this is part of like um, Slavoj's recent like the courage of hopelessness or like this sort of like move is that like there is there is a kind of hopelessness to the to the drive that that does not uh, admit for like a an, an easy out or even just like a like like a like a path forward like if the path forward is desire and and desire of course being like the un the the the, the total dissatisfaction and the inability to obtain the object because of that impossibility then that's an interest a very interesting way out that is right. not a way out and and so it's not it, a way out right so that's that's why it needs to, but so but this is the important part i think in and one could be led to the raw negativity i i think at this point but but this is this is where one needs to see that like the this movement and this repetition uh though it may not it certainly is not like uh progressive in like a like a political sense like if we do these things and these things like we have finally moved forward um it nonetheless does uh I mean, by hauling back, we move forward. I don't know. Does that make make sense? Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. So like it is still still additive. It is still it is still productive. Uh, Just, you know, not in a in a a perverse in a in a zigzag way. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. In a like a a negative way only. And I do. I I really like what you're saying. And I think it's it's, um, you know, it's but it's so tempting, isn't it? To even to to turn desire into the bad guy. Yeah, right? of course, of but, course. But the yeah. lot what's funny is that if you do that, you've actually betrayed the logic of drive. <laughs> you know, like you you you've like you've you've by making the desire into the bad guy, you've slipped into the logic of desire. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you so so desire the, I'm sorry, drive in some way in, in fundamental way needs the the error of desire, you know, you brought mm-hmm. the, the non duper like that, yeah. you know, the, the need of that, of the error of desire and in a corresponding fantasy mm-hmm. in order to, that's the, that's the food of drive. Mm. And so without that air, so you, so it's, it's, it, it's an irony that it's tempting to, to dismiss desire altogether, but that would be to fall into the logic of desire. I think mm-hmm. that's the irony. Yeah. So it's interesting. But I also think, you know, what you said about Lacan sort of re, Cooping Freud's notion of drive and mm-hmm. really sort of redefining it. And mm-hmm. then, I mean, there, there's, so there's great moments, right? So there's 1920, mm-hmm. and then there's Lacan, and it's basically in Seminar 11, I think, because yeah. early on, he's, he associates drive with just taking up your position within signification. So it's like mm-hmm. signification is drive right, in, right. Some, in some strange way. That's like Seminar 1 and 2. And then it's only Seminar 11, early 60s. Mm-hmm. Where he had and and in the in the acree like on Freud's Streb and the analyst desire or maybe a little bit in position of the unconscious a little bit in subversion of the subject mm-hmm. and the dialectic of desire but again not much on drive mm-hmm. in the acree not even any in kind of exod which is kind of you That's, would think there'd be yeah you would think a, dis- <laughs> a discussion of drive there but there's mm-hmm. not um, and then so there's hardly any and then seminar eleven and then a little in seminar. Uh, 16, but not much. And then that's it. You know, it's just, Mm. there's a real, it's, so I think maybe he kind of shies away from it as well. You know, like it's interesting. Well, because 
it's so funny that there's so isn't like I mean isn't that great like there's so much to say about it and I mean like you know Alenka talks about it like you know in in a, in a way that's different from as we talked about Lee Edelman talks about it who talks about it and you know in a way different from how Zizek talks about it who talks about it in a different way than how Deleuze talks about it you know that or Joan Kopchak or Joan Kopchak yeah, yeah yeah like it's so so there's so much to there's so much to there's so much to say about it but like the two sort of um, progenitors of of the idea like I, I don't know like did like did they did they see the limit of of it like like uh and by limit i mean like you know sort of as we were talking about like um well maybe there maybe the the limit has to do with analysis itself so yeah, like maybe it, that's true yeah they're so, practicing analysts and, yeah. and the other people are i do think that like like i wrote um capitalism desire was going to be about the way in which capitalism was the logic of desire put struck placed over top of the logic of drive, which was sort of informed every society. And then this logic of desire. And then, uh, Mari Rudy read it and she's Mm -hmm. like, that's just, you know, she's like, I hate this whole way of like opposing drive as great and desire as, as sort of ideological. And and she said, like, she's like, don't do that. And so then Mm -hmm. I just took it all out. (laughs) And I think, and I kind of think she was right. Like, I think I fell into this trap of demonizing, desire and yeah. you know apotheosizing drive and i think that's an error you know i think yeah. that, so i do think that i think the problem with drive is it you, i think there's this real tendency to seek it as the thing that's going to explain everything yeah there's a radicality to it it's like yeah and yeah. i think that maybe that's what lacan was wary of like i don't yeah. want to give people too much too much food Mm. so they'll they'll stuff themselves and and uh, Mm. so i'll give it make you know i'll give this a little paucity of stuff and then yeah but i do think that that's a problem i think there's a problem that it becomes a kind of universal key to explain everything and that's never good Mm. yeah no i think that's good i think that's great that's excellent um yeah oh i'm tempted (laughs) it's funny i'm tempted to uh i'm tempted to start a new side topic but within this but maybe maybe that makes this the most appropriate time to put an end to the episode i think it's probably a good time although i do want to say one thing ryan you you are not a pot smoker <laughs> so <laughs> oh, thanks, let's make yeah. that clear to everyone yeah. yes not a just a total smoker. joke yeah okay. yeah this, <laughs> we came back we you know what that's really funny i think that was about the half hour mark that you made that joke and it's a half hour later and this is a total uh circular uh movement so how appropriate that is appropriate ending. Yeah. So over and out, Ryan. Over and out. Thanks so much, Todd. <laughs> okay.